Welcome to the Vitality Health Show, where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, the voice of hope and healing. Thank you for joining us. First, I'd like to thank the sponsor of this show, the Mindful Lab, for making this show possible. The Mindful Lab can help transform your life through practice of mindfulness. Learn more about that at www.mindfullab.net. And as a reminder, if you have any suggestions or comments, please email me at contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have a wonderful show for you today. We'll be talking to Jensen Parrish Hall, who suffered the loss of her family due to carbon monoxide poisoning. Jensen was serving a Christian LDS mission when she learned, with the exception of her brother, who was also serving a mission, that her family had died. This required her to leave the mission field early, bury her family, and get their affairs in order all while trying to grieve and understand what was just happening. Under such awful circumstances, a lot of people would have imploded and given up, but Jensen did not. Calling upon her faith to heal and move forward, Jensen saw the hand of the Lord in her life and decided to do some really amazing things with her life. Today, she's married and has two really adorable little boys. Her story is absolutely inspiring. You don't want to miss any of this. So without further ado, please welcome Jensen Parrish Hall to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome, Jensen. Hi. So excited to have you here. I just got goosebumps. So it's going to be one of those those shows. It'll be fun. Good. So you have got quite the story to tell. As we were talking before, those of you that are listening may recognize that she has the same last name as me. (laughs) That is because she is my cousin. And it was her (laughs) father, who was my first cousin, Bill, and his wife and their two other children that passed away due to carbon monoxide poisoning. And we were just talking about different things because, as Jensen told me, she wasn't home. She was serving her mission. So we're going to go back and kind of pick that up. So so what actually happened in that time was what she was told. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And then I want you to talk a little bit about what what was your thoughts when those phone calls came in and what happened there. And... Um, we could talk for hours and hours and hours on this subject, <laughs> really, but really you good. know, it's, there's so many little details and so many miracles, even though it was an absolute tragedy, there's been so many miracles that happened in and around and through and still continue to happening every day. So I would like you to take it from here and just kind of tell the story of, of what happened. All right. So um, thank you, Stephanie. I'm really Absolutely. grateful and happy to be here. So I guess I I like to start off by saying there's so many different, in this story, there are so many different stories, right? There's so All many right. different sides. So this one is just my side. So I was serving a mission. Like you said, I was serving in Portland, Oregon, slash Vancouver, Washington at the time. I was serving um, an American Sign Language mission, which was really cool but that kind of plays a role like later on Mm -hmm. but anyways um I had been out I left in 2013 I left February 20th 2013 and um loved it it was super great and then in February 
2014, so pretty much exactly a year later, on the 23rd, so three days after the year mark, I was with my companion, like my, I guess, roommate for those that don't know, but we were at home. We had had a fantastic day. We were planning for the next day. We were getting ready for bed. And there was um, like me and my, my companion, and then there were four other girls in the apartment. And we're getting ready for bed. And I remember I had literally, no joke, finishing my nightly prayers. And as I got up, we got a knock on the door, which was really unusual. Like no one knocks on the door at 10 o'clock at night. Right. So we um, were all kind of confused. Like what on earth? Like thinking maybe it's like, is it a landlord? Is it a neighbor? Like what's going on? So someone looked through the peephole and said, it, it's um, the mission president, um, President Taylor and his wife, Nancy Taylor, sister Taylor. And so they opened the door. It's not, you know, if, if, if your mission president shows up at the door, you know, something is not, something's wrong. Something's yeah. not right. So I just remember, like, I will never forget this for as long as I live. They opened the door and their faces were just so like grim. That's the only word I can think of is grim. They look right. devastated. Like I, we have to tell you guys something, but we don't want to, we don't know how, like, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, I can only imagine. And, you know, there's, there's six of us in the room. So it, I don't know what I'm thinking, but when they approached me, um, my mission president, President Taylor, he he came up to me and he kind of like guided me to the couch and sat me down. And now I'm like freaking out inside, like what is going on? And and he, big guy, like tall, very strong, loving guy, um, reminds me of my dad, Stephanie. You mm-hmm. can understand that. Absolutely, um, big teddy bear. So he, he, yes, exactly. He sits me down and pulled me into a hug and he he's crying. So my first initial thought was, um, did something happen to Ian? I don't know why. Ian was my brother who was serving a mission at the same time as me. Um, that was my first initial thought. Was and he was in the Dakotas, right? Yes, in South Dakota. In South Dakota. Mm-hmm. So like opposite ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a little while, he kind of sits back and he's trying to like gather himself. And he said, um, there's been an accident at your home. And so like my mind is kind of like, okay, what's going on? So there's been an accident in your home. It was carbon monoxide. And like, then I, I think what I thought was one of them, something happened to one of them. Right. I was not expecting him to say both your parents and your brothers were killed. I was just like, what? I was so shocked. I don't think I cried. Like, I think I was just like, you're, you're making a mistake. That, that doesn't happen. This yeah, it's not happen, real. Like a book or a movie. That doesn't happen in real life. You know, like I was so shocked and they pulled me into a hug. They're trying to like kind of talk with me and tell me like what's going on or what happened. And quite frankly, the rest of the night is a blur. Like I don't remember much. I remember um, excusing myself and running to my room and just bawling, just fell to my knees and cried and tried and tried and my companion came up to me and was just like in fact I think what I said was what did I do wrong what did I do wrong like that initial mm-hmm. guilt of like if I had been serving better if I had been more faithful if I had done follow the rules better maybe this wouldn't have happened and I think I I think that's what was coming out of my mouth just blubbering and right. my companion was like you didn't do anything wrong you didn't do anything wrong this is not your fault you know trying to like talk me through it um 
so at some point we packed an overnight bag. They, we went with me and my, my companion, the other four stayed at the apartment, but the two of us went with president and sister Taylor. We went up to the, their mission home where, where they were living at the time. And it's kind of funny. I think they, they were like, here, take some, they gave me some, like something to help me fall asleep better. Like some sort of like Benadryl or something. I tried yeah. to get, because I was like, I can't, like, I was so, so out of it, right? Um, I would, I do remember that some of my family members at home had gotten the contact information of Sister Taylor. So I actually got to talk to my uncle Brad and my aunt Christy. So Christy, you know, as you know, okay. um, I was able to talk to them a little bit. And so I kind of asked, like, what happened. So if it's okay, I'll kind of share, like, what they had shared with me of what happened that day. Um, or that night. So it's important to understand like a little bit about our family. We are a very tight knit family. You know this. <laughs> right. So if you lose one person, it's losing your own yes. brother, sister, mother, yes. father. Exactly. Yes. So my, you know, my, my family, we had been like my parents and my siblings, my aunts and uncles and their, my cousins, we would always go to my grandma's house um, for as long as I can remember every Sunday, pretty much every Sunday, we'd have dinner all together and we hang out. And like, I view my cousins as my siblings, like, and I view my aunts and uncles as like secondary parents, like right. very tight knit. So we've been doing that for years. And if someone were to not be there, we would tell them, you know, right. so like if, if my parents were going to be out of town, they would say, Hey, just letting you know, we're out of town. We're not going to be there. Um, or vice versa. If someone was gone, they'd but, you know, so that Sunday, because the 23rd was a Sunday, um, they didn't show up at, the, um, at dinner. And so I guess um, they had planned to have dinner. Everyone had gone to my grandma's house except for my family. And everyone thought that was kind of weird. They kind of asked, like, have you heard from Bill and Ralph? Have you heard? And no, haven't heard anything. I don't think they're out of town. I don't recall them being out of town. And, um, and actually, my... Uh, I call her my grandma Dixie and grandpa mm-hmm. Ken. So um, they're in the same church ward as my parents, or they were. And they had mentioned, you know, we didn't see them at church. That's kind of weird. So I think they just went along with the night, had dinner, hung out, tried to call them. Nobody answered. Tried calling all the phone numbers. Nobody answered. Um, and at the end of the night, my uncle Brian and my aunt Carrie um, and their, their girl, they were driving home and Brian, the, understand this is what I've been told. So I hope I'm saying this right. But Brian kind of was just like, you know, let's just, let's just go check on them. Let's just go see what, let's just go check, see if they're okay. So they went up to the house um, and my uncle Brian and my aunt Carrie, they went to the door. My cousin stayed in the car. So they go to the door, the door is locked. Um, mm-hmm. They knew where the spare key was, but they also said that when they knocked on the door or rang the doorbell, our dog didn't bark, which was very... That was odd. a huge key. I was like, hmm, that's really weird. So they had, they knew where the spare key was. They went inside and I guess like they, they kind of separated and to look around. So my parents were, sorry to say, I guess, but my parents were in their room and my brother was in his room. One brother was in his room in his bed, and uh, like asleep. And my Carrie, 
found him there. And, mm-hmm. you know, like at first glance, you think like you're sleeping. Right. And then I understand this. If I remember this correctly, Carrie was in that room and she heard Brian yell, Carrie, we need to get out now. We need to get out right now. Now, I was telling you this and I'll say it again. I am forever grateful. As awful, as awful as it is, as awful as it was for them. I am forever grateful that it was my Brian and Carrie who went over because Brian has, um, he's a firefighter and he was an EMT. He has that background. He knows what to look for. He knows like, you know, if there's something in the air that's, you know, a poisonous gas or something, he knows how to recognize those things. And I'd like to think that if it had been anyone else, it wouldn't have been, couldn't have been worse, but who knows? So I'm just right. grateful that it was them. Um, but anyway, and we talked, as we talked before, that was a miracle that it was them. Yeah, that was, it really truly was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they, I guess, um, Brian, because with his background, he knew to, to check and to check like, you know, for a pulse or something. And, and he realized that he found my mom and dad and mm-hmm. he realized that they had passed. And so they got out instantly called 911 at some point, like family members, you know, they're making calls. Family members are showing up. Um, The the, the, uh, paramedics show up, Um, the fire department, you know, all of that. Um, And they realized that the house was filled, filled with carbon monoxide. I wish I could remember the exact number. It seems like like 500 or 500 at the door and 800 or 800 at the at the door and, f- and 500 at the road. It was, okay. it was it completely, was so it completely was so full. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it was because of our water heater. It, it had stopped working until the carbon, no- like it, the carbon monoxide started filling. And, and I think if I remember someone had taken a bath or something or a shower. And it was, so Keeg- it was, it was Keegan that was in yeah. the bathtub. Mm-hmm. Right? And so mm-hmm. it was filling up the house. And we unfortunately did not have, any carbon monoxide detectors in the house. And if you don't know, you cannot taste, hear, feel carbon monoxide. Like unless you have a detector, you do not know. It's a silent killer. It is, exactly. You do not know it's there. And unfortunately, that's what happened there. So um, phone call from a family member showed up. Um, All of our neighbors, you know, they're wondering what's going on. And they, um, I need a shout out to my neighbors, Larry and Debbie Fisher, they were the one, they took my family in. They were like, come to our home. Like they were taking care of them, making sure they were okay. And so that's what happened that night that, that I remember. And I was being told this over the phone in um, Washington. And I'm, I'm completely shocked. And I remember thinking, does Ian know? Does Ian, is Ian aware? Right. And he would have been asleep because um, I was in Pacific Standard Time. They were in Mountain Standard Time, and he was in uh, what is it, Midwest Central. Central, Central. Mm-hmm. So he would have been asleep, um, which I also think is kind of a miracle because he was able to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I remember, you know, all of that happened. That that whole story. I'm hearing this over the phone. Um, I'm kind of they're checking on me. I'm checking on them, and um, that night. Eventually, I'm I'm in bed, kind of trying to go to sleep. And I remember having all the thoughts of, like, what's going to happen? What do I do? How are we going to take care of ourselves? What? Why did this happen? All those questions. And, and I remember very having this very distinct 
thought. And I, I believe that it was God talking to me, or at least mm-hmm. trying to give me some sort of comfort. Um, I had this very distinct thought where it said, Jensen, this is going to be hard. This is going to be really hard. And so I need you to make a decision right now. Are you going to become bitter and angry or are you going to trust me? And that was like the last thing. Like, and and after that, I just felt, I wish I could say I felt better. I didn't necessarily feel better, but I felt a peace and I was able to fall asleep. And then the next day, you know, I had to pick up from that, but I'm forever grateful for that moment because I feel like that I've, Throughout my life, I have thought back to that moment when we went and had to plan a funeral, when we had to sell the house, when we had to do all that. I remember thinking back to that moment. Are you going to trust me? It's going to be hard. You have to make that decision. And I, I remember, I, I remember, perfect. I remember, Jensen, you had said to me, at, I think it was at the viewing, you just said, I'm the oldest. This is on my shoulders. And being the oldest and only daughter and then the three younger boys, just that that pressure of all of that being on your shoulders. I remember you just saying that. You probably don't remember that because it was so crazy. I don't, but I'm glad you do. Yeah, so anyway, go ahead. Um, anyway, so the next day, I remember um, I got to call my brother, Ian, and he had gotten the news. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to. He had fallen asleep. He had gone to sleep because he was an hour ahead. And so he had... I think his missionary, his mission president had tried to call him and they, mm. the phone was on silent or whatever. So the next day they wake up and there was a message that said, call me as soon as you wake up. Cause the next day was P day. The next day was the day where missionaries can check their email, check their social media and like, you know, do stuff right. like that, talk to family. And so we were supposed to talk to our parents, Linton brothers the next day, you know? And so he was able to talk to him and, told him what happened, gave him somehow contact for exchange, and we were able to talk a little bit. Um, I remember getting on Facebook, which I wish that I didn't. I was everything, like everything on my Facebook, there was that picture of like my family plastered. It was like everyone was saying like, I can't believe it. Um, love you, Jensen. Love you, Ian. You know, support, which I am so grateful for, but it was very overwhelming. Yeah, because you hadn't even been able to process anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was it was crazy. So, anyways, I guess um, to condense that, a couple of days later, um, Ian and I flew into Salt Lake, met there, and then we flew into Pocatello together, and um, we met with family. Our entire family were there, or everyone that was in town that could be there was there. Um, our bishop was there. Um, our mission or the, the stake president in the church was there, you know, and we, I remember like when we were walking off the plane, Ian put his arm around me and he's like my big, like he's my little brother, but he's my big brother. He's like, a big, he's a big bear brother. like your dad. <laughs> yep. And so he's like, has his arm around me. I have my arm like around his waist because I can't reach his shoulders and we're walking, <laughs> we're walking. Um, We walked off together and I think like people knew, like people around us, knew when they saw the name tag they they knew who we right, were because it had hit it was, all the news it was insane yeah. and so like i remember like feeling we waited till the end we waited so that we could be at the end and we walked off and everyone was there and you know we're all sad and in tears and anyway so we all we all got together but it was cool because in that moment it just made me 
feel like Ian and I were in this together, which was awesome. Right. So we, the next few days, we planned a funeral. We had to, um, you know, do all of that. We had a special viewing for Keegan. He was on a football and basketball team. And so we had a special one for just his teammates so that they could kind of have a goodbye for their teammate. And that was really, really cool. Um, I remember, you know, we had the viewing the next day. There was It was huge. It was, it was a phenomenon almost. Like, there yeah. were so many people. We had to get two church buildings and film from one film from one to broadcast to the other because so many people like, and that's when I realized, you know, it's not just my family that's hurting. It's the entire community of public. The entire like, community. And, uh, Fort Hall. My dad worked out on the Fort Hall reservation as a dentist. And so tons of people there anyway. So it was insane. It was just crazy. And so all of this is happening. And I remember the next, um, I think we left on a, we left on a Tuesday. We had a private viewing for Keegan on Wednesday. During Thursday, funeral Friday, Saturday came. And it was like, well, now. Now what? Yeah, like, what do we do now? Like, where do we, what do we do? And um, I was um, confused because, you know, we were still missionaries. <laughs> Technically, we hadn't been set apart yet. And we weren't sure what we were going to do. And and I kind of felt like this girl, like, I haven't finished. I haven't finished my mission. I'm so, like, don't I need to go back? But I don't know if I can. Like, I don't know if I'm able to. And I just remember, like, Ian and I coming together. And he had the same concerns. And, and we decided together, like, you need to do you. I will do me. You need to. If you decide to stay and I, like, there's no obligation. Whatever you decide to do, right. that's what we're going to do. And we need to do it for each other or do it for ourselves. And, um originally Ian decided he said you know what I think I need to stay and I came to that conclusion as well I think I need to stay and figure things out and so that was the plan we were gonna come together and be together and figure out life and then um I think about a month about a month later um Ian came up to me and Carrie at this point we're living with Carrie and Brian by the way um he came up to us and he told us, you know what, I've been thinking and, and I think I need to go back. And if I'm being honest, I didn't like that. <laughs> like, right. I, I, of course, like I was happy for him and I wanted him to do what was best for him. But I was scared. I was scared because I knew that I needed to just stay. Um, and I had, had a really good talk with my mission president about that. And he had told me, like, you know what? If you don't serve the four way team, that's okay. You've done what you need to do. Stay home if you need to stay home. So anyway, so when he decided to go back, it was really fast. Like he didn't tell anyone. I think he I think he told me and Carrie and Brian. I don't think he even told our cousins. Right. And then, and your grandma was out of town, I think, at the time, right? Oh, well, I don't remember. All I know is that he didn't she tell her. home when he was gone. <laughs> he didn't tell anyone. And I remember saying, like, yeah. Don't you think you should tell? And he, he had said no because I know that I need to go back. I felt that with I felt that in my heart, and I don't want people trying to convince me otherwise, which mm-hmm. I commend him for. And so um, I think a week or two later, he was he was on a plane and he went back to his mission and he served the next I think six months and finished his mission. So mm-hmm. that was really great, um, and I think that was good for him. Jensen, can I ask you a question? There was some yes. point in time in that 
little bit of time, that space of time, weren't you guys called down to Salt Lake City to meet with one of the general authorities? Oh, yes. Yes, we were. Which I think is a huge, huge story. So we've got just a couple minutes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So we met um, the first, within the first like two weeks, I think, I think we met with um, Elder, sorry, Neil Anderson, which was really neat. And we went with, um, with our bishop and, uh, and, his wife, who are actually like really good friends in my family. So their son is like with best friends with Liam, my youngest brother. So we all got to go and we met him and he just um, wanted to check in on us and make sure that we were okay. And to know that like that they had our backs, that was great. And then I got, we got a letter from president or well, at the time, president Uchtdorf right. and said that, that said he wanted to meet with me and Ian and we just did that on our own. And that was, that was incredible. Cause like, I love president Uchtdorf. I love right. him. All, but I, lo- I love him. And um, it was cool because we, same thing. He just wanted to check in. And I think at that point, Ian has kind of decided I'm going to go back and back on my mission. And so he um, was talking to him about that. And, I remember him telling us, like, you know what? Like, if you decide to go back, that is great. Just know that if you don't, you've you've done your part. You're not you're not any less faithful because you didn't serve a full time mission. Right. That, you know, I guess is what he was saying. You're not any less faithful if you stay home versus if you go back. But if you want to go back, and if you feel strongly to go back, then go back. And then, like, for me, same thing. If you feel strong to stay home, that's okay. And I think for me, that was kind of like, okay, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad for not going back. So that was, that was really cool. I think that was such a beautiful support, such a beautiful support. I was mind boggled. Like, I was like, wow. Like, I didn't realize, I guess, like, I knew we were missionaries, but I didn't realize it was that big that, Mm -hmm. like, they knew and, you know, it was. It was crazy. Well, and then yeah, it was like spread throughout the like the nation, like everyone. Oh, it was the world. It, you know, it was well, the I world. You know, and and just a little bit before we take our break, I want to tell you, I was at the clubhouse. So we have the parish clubhouse where you guys ha- you're right across from your grandma's. I was at the clubhouse, and your family was all over. You guys were all over preparing for the funeral, and your aunt texted me, and or your grandma texted me, and she, or called me, and she said, "Hey." I need you and my cousin, our cousin Craig, who's an attorney, to help do this because KSL News and all the news stations oh, yeah. from Salt Lake are on their way. Oh, yeah. And this is breaking internationally. And within 20 minutes, I got texts from friends in England, Australia, Canada, all over saying, Is that your family? Is this your family? Is this your family? You know, and it's like, I mean, so it was, it was, and I so am impressed with how the because Becky's your grandma said just let the church handle it you know and and I was so with the media portion of it and it was it was amazing it was like this fine tooth comb like they do this all the time which they don't but how beautiful that was that everybody was able to come together and that the church was so supportive and really took it because it was an international story there's no doubt so we're gonna um when we come back we're gonna forward on to what's happened since then because it was probably the most incredible funeral I've ever been to and I want to say a few things about that before before we move on to what's happening since and everybody stay with us you got this 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 beautiful woman here has got so much to tell and she has just taken such a a hard hard tragedy and turned it into be 
so many people to help and not only her, but our whole entire family and the community and so many people have been involved in really making sure that one, this tragedy doesn't happen to other people and two, how to help people that have been through these tragedies. It's, it's really amazing. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. You don't want to miss the rest of the story. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Many of us are finding ourselves distracted by what's going on in the world around us today. We find ourselves discontent with our circumstances, with what we have and how we feel about ourselves. And we find ourselves disconnected from those that matter most to us. If this sounds all too familiar, check out MindfulLab.net and see how the practice of mindfulness can change your life today. Powerful programs are available to help you find clarity, connection, and peace at MindfulLab.net. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, everybody. We're so happy to have you here. We are visiting with the absolutely remarkable Jensen Parrish Hall. You've, if you've been listening to her story, she lost both of her parents and both of her younger brothers in a carbon monoxide poisoning accident while she and her brother Ian were serving missions for a Christian missions for the LDS Church in different places in the United States. And we're just talking about what all has happened and how it's all come back and we were in the break just discussing about when I got the phone call and the miracles that happened. And I had two children serving missions at the same time. We had, I think, six or seven missionaries out in our family at the same time. And everybody's like, what do we do with our missionaries? And I remember me feeling this panic that I needed to talk to my missionaries, which isn't a normal thing. You don't, don't just pick up a phone call and call them. So I had to go through mission presidents and they were so amazing and in tune for my children's mission presidents. And I remember thinking I've got to talk to them before the social media hits, before they get on and look at the social media. And my son was on a social media mission. So he was, he was in Tempe, Arizona, but he was one of the first ones that were doing an actual social media mission. And he was sitting in the mission home because he was getting ready to come home. And as we were talking, and I'm going to start crying, because as we were talking before the break, the last text I got from your mom was a few days before they passed away when I had just sent all the information on Alex's arrival 
to get back from his mission because he actually arrived the same time you did. When you get into Pocatello, he went into Idle Falls, and I remember calling him and saying, son, it's going to be a different world because this is what happened. Talk to him. And I had the opportunity to explain this to him, and I said, you know, all of our parish family will not be here. They'll be in Pocatello. And and so be, having that experience that he was sitting in the mission home with his mission president and he had the opportunity to go to the to the a different place to stay but he was there and he said that he had his laptop ready to go on to check his social media as he was waiting to talk to the mission president when i called him it was like 6 30 in the morning and he was up and you know as missionaries do and he was he had had his morning prayers and things and was ready to go check on the on his his social media and the spirit very strongly said, don't check it. Don't check it. So we put it away and it was right then at that time when I called and talked to him and the same thing almost happened with my daughter. She was on her mission in Des Moines, Iowa and miracles happened there too. My other cousin, my other nephew that was supposed to be on his mission in Brazil was on a visa wait and all of his other missionaries went to Oregon and he went to Des Moines, Iowa. And he was only a few blocks away from my daughter. So we had my daughter and my nephew there together. The mission president called and said, told him to get to her apartment so we could tell them together. And I mean, on our end, it was just miracles. And you and I were just talking about how you got on Facebook and just everything was everywhere. And I was getting phone calls and texts from people in Australia and England and, and Canada and Mexico, all my friends that I have all over the place within a matter of just a few hours. Once it, the story broke and you guys got home, it was just, it was just yeah. crazy. So we were, we were grateful for the church stepping in and taking over the social media, the main media stuff and, and all the family coming together and just really everybody felt very, impressed they need to surround you guys with just love and and be there for you and i remember tell me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure that the church assigned you a mission companion in pocatello because you weren't released as missionary well ian and i right? were each other's companions like they were just like and normally you don't do that normally it's like girls are with girls guys are with guys but they were like you can be with each other or any family member so mm. we were just always with with someone, someone. which was really really nice that was that was beautiful. So I want to fast forward to the funeral for a minute because you were talking about the, the funeral was, those of you that are listening that were at the funeral was unreal. And, and both churches were completely full and there was just no place for anybody to see. And I don't know how much you, you remember, but I'm going to just share really quickly because I want this to be back to your story. But when we're talking a family that has influenced so many people. Your dad was a, a dentist and he was a dentist at the women's prison. He was a dentist out of Fort Hall. He was a very well-known dentist all through town. He was a member of the Lions Club, just very, very, very involved very in the community. In the board, yeah. And if I remember right, they were stake missionaries at the time as well too, right? Or they were doing they were something what? with the missionary program. Oh yeah. They were, they were, uh, oh, what's the con called? They were like yeah, stake, they were stake missionaries. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and I remember walking in, we'd gotten in there and this place was packed. And I remember the the mission director or the funeral home director comes up to me and goes, Steph, I don't know where we're gonna fit everybody. We can't fit all the parishes, let alone the Rosses and everybody else. 
the, and it was, it was really a logistical, yeah, interesting situation. And I remember walking in, I took my mom out to the restroom, brought her back in and the spirit was so strong. All the missionaries were sitting up on the stage singing and I held it together till that point. And then I lost it. I'm like, I've got a, a daughter still on a mission. A son just got home yesterday. You guys were called off your missions. That spirit was so strong. And then I remember turning around and looking at the congregation and it, as I was helping my mom sit down and there on the one side were all, a whole bunch of people from the Indian ward from the, from Fort hall. And most of them were all in their, their beautiful funeral dress attire. And then seeing in the center section, all the lions club in their lions club vests and hundreds of them. And then I remember seeing all the, women from the women's prison in their orange jumpsuits sitting over on the side. And they had allowed them to come to pay respect for your family. And just, and then all of our family, it was, it, it's to this point, to this day, I still have those visions in my mind. And then I remember Mickey, my <laughs> other cousin, your aunt, bringing you and Ian up to the stage and or up to the <laughs> microphone yeah, and telling you to that. look at all the influence that your family had made. So sorry, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but I want people yeah, to understand. It's true though. It's very true. And that was just one room. That was just, that one, was just one room. Building. And it, there was another church building that was filled to the brim as well. That had to be broadcast. Uh, yeah. So. As well as people outside, there was people everywhere. And it was, it was just an amazing experience. One that I'll never forget. So anyway, let's take it forward from the funeral. Because okay. it really was incredible. Uh, and tell me what you've been doing and the different things that your family's been doing because it's really remarkable. So I guess what all, yes, it, it was incredible. Um, not very long after that, um, Lions Club, right. members of the Lions Club, um, a lot of which are actually family members. Right. Um, I guess in the past, um, before my family passed, there had been talk about, you know, one of these days, well, first off, my dad loved basketball. Like, next yeah. to his faith and his family, it was like basketball was number three. Like, yeah. right there. Um, and so they had talked about doing a, you know, we should do like a three-on-three -three tournament for like, for Lions Club. We should, we should do that and raise some money and put it towards, you know, all these different foundations and charities. Um, well, after they passed, and they just they just never got to it. They never got to it. Right, well, right. after they passed, um, I believe, oh, I really hope I say this right. I think it was Fred Parrish, mm -hmm. um, or at least, you know, um, who is your cousin as well. Right. Um, or at least he took the initiative. He was like, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to do this three-on-three -three tournament. We're going to do it in, in Bill and Ross and Keegan and Liam's name. And we are going to, we need to raise awareness carbon monoxide awareness. Um, so that was one of the big things. In addition to that, Carrie and Brian, who were the ones that found my parents and brothers, they wanted to also spread awareness for carbon monoxide poisoning. And so they um, established a, or created a foundation called the No CO, CO meaning carbon monoxide, mm -hmm. the No CO Foundation. And so these two, um, the NoCL Foundation and then the three-on-three -three tournament um, are two things that have been created to to help raise awareness, and it's been incredible. Um, just kind of backtracking, when when my family died, I, it was on a Sunday, right? They passed away, or it was found out it was 
that they had found them. Mm-hmm. The next day, Monday, pretty much, I think the next day, every single store was out of CO detector. Everyone in the community you went. You could and not bought. find them. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't find them anywhere. Everyone, because you don't think about it. And it's weird because it's like everyone has smoke detectors. Why would you not get a why would you not have a CO detector when you can't see, hear, smell, touch carbon monoxide? And so anyway, that's just something you don't think about. I didn't I never thought about it. Um, And so, yeah, all gone. So with the CO, um, the No CO Foundation, they help to get carbon monoxide detectors to people who have not been able to get one or can't afford one or. Um, you know, are in need. And then the three-on-three tournament is a fun way to get people to come and play, play basketball, have fun, but also um, get carbon monoxide detectors with the NOCO Foundation is there with those carbon monoxide detectors until people come. And if it's okay, I wanted to just share, I've heard, or I've personally been told, members of my family have been told, of people who have come to this event, come to the three-on-three, got a carbon monoxide detector, learned about carbon monoxide poisoning, took it home, put it in, and that carbon monoxide detector saved their life. It went off like sometime later. And had they not had one, who knows, you know? So it's incredible. That's one of the things that I find miraculous and a blessing and awesome in every sense of the word, something good that has come from a tragedy because we no one no one should die from carbon monoxide poisoning right like it is like the most unnecessary way to die because it's so easy to protect yourself if you just need a detector that's right. all you need and so it's been really awesome to hear of people whose lives have been saved whose families' lives have been saved because they got a carbon monoxide detector whether that's on their own or from the event right but the awareness that's what is so I know your cousin Carrie, who does, who is in charge of this. Your, my cousin, your aunt. My aunt. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're all related. So yeah, she, she <laughs> shared a number of those stories with me. Mm-hmm. A number of them, and it one was an entire family, yeah. and a few of them ended up really sick, but they were able to get out of the house. And the emotion behind that, just knowing that your family died, but because of the, and we know that there's a lot of other things that that they've got great work to do on the other side. It's like they, they all had this mission they needed to serve on the other side. Right. But because of that, and because of being very aware of what is needed, that your family and our family has taken this and literally saved lives because of what your family has gone through. Lots of them from what I'm understanding and the different things I've read and, and what a miraculous miraculous program that is. And I know I want to shout out to the Lions Club too, because I believe they also do something with glasses, right? The Sight, the sight and Hearing Foundation. The yeah. Sight and Hearing Foundation with the Lions Club. So a portion of that also goes to help with that, which is mm-hmm. another thing that is just incredible. And the hearing, let's talk a little bit about that because I don't want to get away from our show <laughs> without talking about the ASL mission that you served. And as Anybody that knows me knows this is very, very close to my heart. I have all three of my sisters are very proficient in sign language. I have one that's a professor of sign language. The other two have taught it in their classes, and they love to get together and talk about me. 
because they know I don't know sign language and they just laugh and laugh. I am so out of the loop in our family. It's like, what is wrong with me? (laughs) So anyway, I want to touch on that because that is another very, very special and important part of our family. Yeah. Um, I served an ASL mission and I love it. (laughs) What do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, are, you've got a little bit of hearing loss. Is that mm-hmm. correct? So, yes. so you're very, very proficient in your sign language. Well, I wasn't. I didn't know it <laughs> until I went on my mission. I always learned, like, I always lip read. But ah. I, I learned a little bit here and there on my own. But when I went on my mission, that's when I really learned about the language, not only the language, but the deaf culture, um, you know, all of that. So... And as I said, we have a number of our family members that are that are teaching it and using it and, and very proficient. And, and I love what you do on your Facebook, that you teach the sign language, the teaching the children, the little tiny, <laughs> tiny children. Well, so I, you know, lots of people, they're always asking, how do you sign this? How do you sign this? I know like members of my family, or they'll be like, they'll be working at the bank or, you know, at the store, the cashier, and someone deaf comes up and they're like, I wish I just want to know some basic signs so I can communicate with this person. And, you know, because, um, I don't know, just first of all, it's fun, but also like just that, uh, connection, human connection. Right. And so I would just be like, Oh yeah, this is the sign. This is the sign. This is, and then I just came to me one day. I was like, I should just put it on my Instagram. I'll just share videos. And if anyone wants to watch them, they can. They have a resource to go to of someone that they know. And so that, that's been fun. I've just been doing little signs. I ask people, like, what kinds of signs do you want to know? Like, what topic do you want to know? And people will say, like, conversational signs, food, um, money. And so, like, for the month, I do it four times a month. Or four, yeah, four times a month every Saturday. And I just share a few videos so that people have somewhere to go to if they're wanting to learn ASL. And they're great. So with okay. that, before I forget, tell us your contact information and how they can find those. You because find I love watching Instagram. them. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram, I'm Jensen Parish Hall. That's my name. Um, on Instagram, I think yes, you just put in the name, it will it will show up. And then Facebook, right. same thing. Jensen Parish Hall. I'm way more active on my Instagram than I am on my Facebook. Um, I will also say, actually, with that, if that's okay, no CO also is going to have, it has an Instagram and we're going to be making a Facebook. So if you look up no, N-O, C dot O dot foundation, that is the no CL foundation. And that will have information about carbon monoxide videos of like what you should do, um, how you can like, you know, just educate yourself. We're trying to educate people on about carbon monoxide awareness through social media. So those okay, are the ones that I'm in charge of. That is beautiful. Let's talk about what's happening this Saturday, Friday and Saturday, because yep. this is something that our family has been involved in since they started the three-on-three basketball. We weren't able to do it last year, which was so sad because of the COVID, but we are doing it again this year. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that and how if people out there want to get involved or make donations, they can do that because this will be huge. We'll be there Saturday. We won't be there Friday, but we'll be there Saturday doing some live feeds and all sorts of stuff out there. So be watching for that. Tell yeah. us about that. So it's going to be here in Pocatello, Idaho, at the ISU Holt Arena parking lot. There's going to be it's the Bill Parrish Family 3-on-3 basketball tournament. And so there's going to be lots of basketball courts, 
um, people will, you create your teams and you'll be playing other people's teams. Um, for youth, I believe it's $50 per team, adults $100. Um, and then um, you can sign up up till the day of. So if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can or I'm too late. No, you can come Friday with your team and sign up. So please tell them how they do that. Where do they go to sign up? There will be a sign up spot. There will be a table where people will come and sign up and there will be people there to help. There'll be a few tables actually. So quite a few. Right <laughs> yeah. And so, if they want to do it before, well, that's tomorrow, right? But if they want to do it tonight, so where do they go online? Go to... I'm probably throwing that I right was, out no, there. No, no, you're fine. I'm like, I wish I had like asked um, TropicLion.org. And then there's a tab for the Parish, Bill Parish 3 on 3 basketball tournament. Um, I can't think of the exact website, but if you go to TropicLion.org. Right. It and it says there, and there's, there's places to volunteer. There's places yep. to register. I know we got registered. Yep. If you guys have, if you guys haven't been there and you go by the ISU um, Holt Arena, it is crazy. It is so fun. They've got all these different basketballs set up everywhere and people everywhere and and tents and booths and the flag yeah. flying and there will be raffles. There will be swag bags. There will be um, I want to say what like award reward award like right. for winners. It'll be fun and then. Um, there will also be, so there's the playing, the basketball part, right? Super fun. Right. There will also be a booth for the NOCO. That's where you can come and get a free carbon monoxide detector um, and get educated on, on that. So please, like when you come, yes, come and have fun. Yes, come and play. Also come and get educated because that that is the purpose. It's so that no one else has to experience what we as a family had experienced. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you said that too, Jensen, because it was when, when they all passed away, again, it was my, my first cousin, Bill, his wife, Ross, which is your mother, your brothers, Keegan and Liam. And the other thing I want to say about the funeral was it was so cool. They had the honorary pallbearers where they had all yeah. of, all of Liam's, was it, I think it was, it was his basketball it was Keegan, team. It was Keegan's and Liam's, I think. Right. All had their jerseys on. They, they did. They sat in the front. We had a section for them personally to sit so that they could pay honor to their, their friend and coach. My dad right. coached some of them um, as they were growing up. And then they were the ones that stood out. Like when the pallbearers brought them, brought out the casket, they were the one that stood by the door. And it's quite lovely. And the line was forever because they were all there and they all wanted to be part. So what I was going to say is when there's a tragedy like this, it not only affects the immediate family, but for our family, it was the entire community and not only just the community, it was worldwide because your family was very, very involved in Lions Club and very involved in, in international things. And, and to be able to take this tragedy and turn it into such an incredible positive program. And I know you've been asked to speak many, many times at different places and different things and, and maybe we just have just a couple minutes, just talk about those experiences and what you've been able to share. Yeah, um, I've, I have been given a lot of opportunity to, to just share my story um, because there's obviously there's, I've been talking a lot about like the awareness part, the education part, like make sure that you're the educated, but there's also the spiritual aspect and the miracles like we've talked about that has happened before and since. You know what, honestly, like I think back, like even um, 
before my mission, just things where it was like, I don't know. I guess my thought is, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I truly believe that God, like it was planned, like, or at least he, he knew, he knew what was going to happen. And he placed us where we needed to be when we needed to be there. Um, if I had not served the mission, I remember I got, I felt prompted like that I needed to prepare for a mission and I didn't want to go <laughs> like I didn't want to go I was like I'm way too introverted I'm way too scared I can't go knock on people's doors and talk about Jesus like there's no way and, <laughs> and I but um I actually got the prompting or the feeling uh like two years before and I think it's because I needed to be worked on like I needed to right. marinate with the idea and then eventually I got to the point where I did want to go and I did want to serve now I don't know but I wonder if had I not gotten that prompting had I not I don't know if I, if I had, if, if the thought had come to me later, I don't know if I would have done it. And if I had not done it, I would have been home. Yeah. People have wondered because I would go into BYUI at the time, but that weekend, that Sunday, my friend was, was doing her farewell talk to serve her mission. So even if I was living in Rexburg at the time, I know that I would have come home that weekend with the intent of going to her farewell and who knows I I'm like I I would have been in that home you know just things yeah. like that um Ian getting his call when he got his call so that we came home we were pretty close like where I was called where he was called we weren't called to some some foreign country, country. like we were literally yeah. one time done away you know just things like that miraculous and I share those things and I share that thought of what I shared in the beginning when when I had that thought of you need to pick you need to choose are you going to be bitter or are you going to trust me um and I share those things with um I've shared a lot with youth young women particularly um and but also adults and it's been incredible um because I know I know that mm, not everyone's family is going to die from a carbon monoxide accident you know I hope not even one member of your family does let alone most of them um mm -hmm. But I do know that people still hurt. So even right. though maybe my hurt is different from your hurt, that still hurts. Your loss is different from mine, but it's still lost. And I, that's what I always try to tell people, you know, regardless of your life challenges and your life trials, um, Christ is there. And he's there for all of those things. Even if it's something as what, you know, people, people hear this story and they think, oh my goodness, like, and I feel weird saying this, but they're like, that's so incredible. I couldn't do it. You're so strong. There's no way I'd be able to do it. But the fact of the matter is, that's what I said too. Like, I would never be able to do yeah. something like that. But then, like, the fact of the matter is, sometimes you're just put in those situations and you just have to, you have to choose to become bitter or better, become bitter or to trust. And when we trust, um, that's how we become better and we become stronger. And it doesn't make the hurt necessarily go away but it helps us become stronger and more capable. And that I'm okay. sorry to catch yeah. you off. No, we've got to, good. We've got to go. I want to talk to you so much more. But thank you, <laughs> Jensen. You're Let's so wonderful. Let's do it again. Appreciate yeah. you. Remember to come to the, to the three on three basketball tournament in Pocatello, Idaho, starting tomorrow and Saturday. Love you all. Be safe, be healthy. We love you, Jensen. Thank you. I love you so much. No problem. Love you too. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. 
Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 